Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. This week on Highways Voices, we're alarmed. The shortfall in the budget for the year is basically at an all-time high. It's some £1.3 billion more than the local places said they need in order to maintain the roads. It's the annual Asphalt Industry Alliance Alarm Survey Publication Day, so let's hear all about it on Highways Voices. Highways Voices, in association with partner organisations, the Transport Technology Forum, ITS UK, LCRIG and ADEPT. Rick Green, the chair of the AIA, talks the alarm survey today with Adrian on Highways Voices, and we'll get to that really soon after some of the stories that have caught Adrian's eye on Highways News this last week. The proportion of road bridges managed by councils across Great Britain that are classified as substandard has fallen slightly over the past year. However, one in every 24 bridges, or 4.3%, is still unable to carry the heaviest vehicles on our roads, including lorries of up to 44 tonnes. This is according to the latest research by the RSE Foundation. Many of the substandard bridges are subject to weight restrictions. Others will be under programmes of increased monitoring or even managed decline. Elsewhere, Amy has signed a contract extension to maintain and improve Staffordshire's major highways for an extra five years from October 2024, including an extra £30 million just for the next two years. As part of the extension to the contract, there will be even greater focus on putting customers first, looking at innovative, cost-effective and green solutions. And on the roads theme, still more than £40 million will be spent on maintaining and improving Swindon's roads over the next three years. The borough's cabinet has approved the funding and set out where it plans to spend the money. However, the report presented by the cabinet member for highways, Kevin Parry, warned that there was risk of possibility of delays. It is not impossible to list exact schemes that will be completed, he said. The council will be allocated £14.65 million for maintenance and highways integration schemes, which will be split evenly over the next three financial years. Integrated schemes are described as those relating to passenger transport, walking, cycling, road safety, and traffic management. Remember, when it comes to industry news, we are the only place you need to go for everything you need to know. Loads more stories on our site. You'll find them all and so much more at highways-news.com, where you can find links to our LinkedIn and Twitter feeds as well. And of course, you can sign up for our daily email into your inbox every lunchtime. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. Swarco improves quality of life by making the travel experience safer, quicker, more convenient, and environmentally sound. From software-as-a-service traffic management solutions to parking, VMS, EV charging and road marking too, find out how Swarco can deliver more efficient and safer traffic management. Swarco, the better way every day. So those stories that Adrian was talking about are kind of dwarfed today by the big news that is the publication of the Alarm Survey. So as well as reading about the rise in the backlog of work on our roads and finding a link to the whole report on the Highways News website, let's hear about it now with Rick Green, the chair of the Asphalt Industry Alliance, and he started telling Adrian about how it's a year of records. Maybe one of the more positive aspects of record, if you like, is we've had a record return from local authorities. 81% of the local authorities in England have responded to the survey. So I think we've got a pretty robust data set, and that's the best we've ever had across the, the, the history of Alarm. So that's the first record. However, the other records that it throws up may be uh, slightly more depressing. 
the shortfall in the budget for the year is basically at an all-time high. It's some £1.3 billion more than the local authorities said they need in order to maintain the roads. A couple of other records along the way. In turn, if there's been an underinvestment a year, and to be honest, that's really just, okay, it's a record this year, but there was a shortfall last year and the year before. But what that actually means now is the backlog of repairs is standing at £14 billion, which again is the highest we've ever seen in the history of the alarm survey. And then finally, the average time between resurfacing of local authority roads now stands at more than 100 years. So three records that probably are a bit depressing, really, Adrian. Yes, indeed. And I, I, as we've said, this is the 28th year. I think I've seen the last 16 alarm surveys. In every one, obviously, you've, you've rightly called for more money. That ask has largely been <laughs> unfounded. Um, there's been various different pockets of money throughout that time in various different shapes and forms and through different funding schemes, but never enough to, to get rid of the backlog, uh, never enough really to maintain the right balance for local authorities to, to do what they need to do every season. So with that in mind, you know, in, in an ideal world, hope against what we might get, you know, what, what ideally would you want moving forward? Well, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, more money is, is the very simple answer. But, you know, there have been times over the, you know, over the history of us doing this report when actually some more money has been injected. And we can see uh, an improvement in conditions. So, you know, it does actually, there is a direct relation between how much money is invested in roads and the condition of them, which I don't suppose is surprising, is it? You know, the local authorities are doing everything they can and we're looking at innovative materials and we're looking at alternative techniques. But at the end of the day, they're, you know, marginal. We can make some improvement to that. But fundamentally, in order to maintain the local authority roads uh, to a standard fit for the 21st century, we need more money. Now, I'm unapologetic about asking for more money, Adrian, because ultimately... It's up for government to decide where they're going to spend their money. And, you know, we do understand that there are other pressures on the public purse, of course, there are. But, you know, all as we can keep doing, we're just reporting the facts. We're just saying, at the moment, with the current level of funding that we're receiving from central government, this is what the impact is on the state of the roads in, in the country. There's been talk over the last few years of a sector deal for local roads. Do you think that will ever be possible? I'm not entirely sure, Adrian, what that looks like in terms of a sector deal. I mean, I think it's fair to say that certainly for the strategic network, there's been a long-term plan with guaranteed funding, you know, RIS 1, RIS 2, RIS 3, etc. And I'm, I think that the strategic network is in as good a shape as it's been as long as I can ever remember. But there's never really been a long-term or even a short-term plan for local roads. They just get money each year, never quite sure how much you're going to get. And, um, you know, sometimes it gets pulled and sometimes it'll go up a bit, which makes it very, very difficult to plan. At the moment, a, a plan would be great, but what that looks like, Adrian, I'm not sure. In your opening comments in, in this year's survey, you say, without a change to the funding structure and the amount allocated, local road conditions can't and won't improve. I just want to explore the funding element of that. 
What, what are your thoughts on how we could change the funding structure? First of all, in an ideal world, we get more money. But okay, if we can't get more money, second best would be at least ring-fencing some of the funding for roads and giving a long-term horizon to the local authorities in which to spend that. But it's bad enough that we haven't got enough money. But the fact that the money they do receive from central government sometimes gets directed off into, you know, other very needy, and we do understand, you know, very needy areas of, of public expenditure. But if we could at least ring-fence it and give them a longer-term horizon, they could be much, much more efficient in how they spend it. And last week, the, the RSEA said that some of the extra £200 million given for maintenance should be spent on protecting and um, preserving the network to stop hole, potholes forming in the first place, right? Which would obviously reduce costs for local authorities in the medium to long term, not the short term, obviously, but the medium to long term, to, to be spent on, on other areas of highway maintenance. Would, would you agree? There's a range of different solutions for different problems, Adrian. I mean, I think that potholes could be prevented by routine, planned, preventative maintenance. People think that potholes are inevitable and they're not. You know, we could see the end, you know, the, the Chancellor called them a curse last week. Uh, and they are very much a curse. Um, they could be eradicated with sufficient spending on planned preventative maintenance. I'm sure that surface treatments in certain locations, you know, might be a viable option. But fundamentally, the roads are deteriorating and potholes are forming. And in my view, the best way of sorting that is, you know, proper planned preventative maintenance. Like I said, I'm sure that surface treatments can play a part in that, but fundamentally we need to resurface roads. This time next year, when we look forward to the 29th alarm survey, I mean, we may well know when the next general election is. Um, what does the new government, whatever that looks like, um, what do they need to do for local road maintenance moving forward? I think take local roads as seriously as you take the strategic network. Every journey starts and finishes on a local road. It's so vital to economic prosperity. Now, businesses are asking for well-maintained roads in order to be efficient. We're sending emergency services down roads that are riddled with potholes and ruts and poorly maintained for people to get to hospitals. People go to school, go to the places of work. It's vital for the well-being of the country that we have adequately maintained local roads. So, I mean, my advice to you know whatever a new government might be would be, yes, we need more money, but do you realise the impact that these poorly maintained roads are having? And maybe you should put some more focus on them. I think with the focus at the moment on on other priorities, do you think that's that's likely to happen moving forward, or are we always going to be fighting a losing battle? In a way, Adrian, that's not for me to say. I mean, that that's a political decision where government spends its money. And, and look, you know, I live in the real world, and I understand that there's all kinds of other pulls on the public purse. All we try to do here is not tell government where to spend its money, but merely say, this is the state of the roads, this is how much it would cost to fix it, this is how much the shortfall is in how much authorities need. And then it's up to government and politicians to decide whether to respond to that. I'd like them to, 
whether they will or not, I, I don't know. But I'm pretty sure if we don't keep shining the light on it, pointing out that the roads are falling to bits, it's less likely that they'll respond than, than if we do carry on uh, raising the profile of the state of local roads. And, and just finally, why, why we haven't got enough money? Innovation plays a key part in in helping do more for less and, and obviously driving efficiency through through the maintenance process, what, whatever part of that process it might be. What's your view on, on innovation at the moment in the sector? And, and if, if I was to give you £100,000 to kickstart a new research project, where would you put that money? That's a really good question, Adrian. I think the industry or the sector is bringing lots of new products, mainly in response to uh, reducing carbon, because that's pretty much on everybody's agenda. All the suppliers and contractors in the sector are very conscious of the need to reduce their carbon footprint. So I, I would probably allocate that towards something that might help reduce carbon. We're, we've already got quite a number of initiatives in, in, in that respect. But you know, at the moment, the local authorities, there's 80% of them have declared the climate emergency but probably only about 10% of them have actually got a written down plan on how they're going to deal with that. So I, I do think that some more money put into you know, reducing carbon in materials would be money well spent. Rick Green is chair of the Asphalt Industry Alliance and he's been telling us about this year's alarm survey and we'll get more reaction with Adrian after the partner news. Highways Voices, with the latest news and events from our partner organisations ITS UK, Elkrig, Adept and the Transport Technology Forum. Keep an eye out for the Transport Technology Forum's annual conference agenda that will be released later this week. The event in Leeds will feature attendees from a record number of local authorities across England, with more than 50 already taking advantage of fully funded places at the event. The conference takes place at the City Centre Hilton Hotel on the 26th and 27th of April, with a networking event on the evening of the 25th. A third of indoor space at this year's Elkrig Innovation Festival has already been booked with Highway Resource Solutions, the latest company to become an award sponsor, aligning themselves with the Traffic Signs and Lines category. This follows on from the news last week that JCB had taken out the Climate Resilience category. The Innovation Festival is an event where product solutions, new innovations and techniques can be displayed and demonstrated over a range of live demonstration sessions. The event provides local authorities with a chance to find out about new innovations from the supply chain that will help them meet their current and future challenges. You can visit innovationfestival.elkrig.org.uk for more information on this year's event. As you heard from Adrian earlier, Adept's National Bridges Group recently worked with the RSE Foundation on a bridge survey focusing on the condition of the UK's highway bridges. The research looked at bridges managed by councils and found that the proportion of road bridges classified as substandard has fallen slightly over the past year. It shows that while councils aim to reduce the number of substandard bridges by 81%, over 2,500 bridges, that will require government funding of 900 and 
18 million pounds. In addition, there's a shortage of senior engineers equipped to carry out this work, and this also needs addressing. And don't forget, ITS UK is reminding members to sign up for its big ITS conversation on the 4th of April. More than 100 people are already joining the virtual networking event sponsored by Atkins, where they'll be putting public transport bodies together with businesses to promote networking across the industry. Check ITS UK's website to find out more. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com. Adrian, fascinating chat with Rick Green there. You've read the whole of the report. What really leaps out at you as concerning? And is there anything in there at all that's encouraging? Yeah, I think it, it's as much as we expected, really. You know, with, with the shortfall in funding over the years, obviously the condition of the roads are going to get worse, not better. So that is reflected in in this year's alarm survey, where I think we see the overall backlog head towards 15 billion from from 12 and a half billion. So significantly worse. And we're we're halfway through a three year funding cycle. So we don't expect there to be too much more money for maintenance. That said, however, 200 million extra was given in the budget last week. It's very unclear for local authorities, actually, because it said it's for potholes. But actually, if you read the detail, you can actually spend it on proactive works or you can spend it on repairing bridges or streetlights. So you don't have to spend it on potholes. And I think that's part of the challenge here at the moment. The rhetoric is all towards filling potholes, whereas what we should be doing in the industry is working out how we protect and preserve our roads so that potholes don't form in the first place. And I don't think that that side of things has been reflected in the alarm survey, sadly. However, there are some small positives. There are areas where where local authorities have done some good work with the funding they have got. And I think that's that's the thing to focus on in the future, really. As a motorist, it frustrates me hugely as I drive along and uh, you're almost playing a video game of slaloming your way along roads, especially local authority country roads where uh, the potholes are there that you, you're trying to avoid. So you're spending your time looking um, a few yards in front of you rather than into the distance because of the state of the roads. Um, it's so frustrating for motorists. It therefore is frustrating for local authorities because obviously motorists make up their voter base. Is there anything that the industry can do and local authorities can do to lobby for improving this in the longer term? Or are we just basically stuck with whatever central government uh, finds to give us? So there's a couple of things there. If we want to improve it in the long, long term, we have to start work on that now. And that means going back to what I just said, protecting, preserving the roads. So by using surface treatments, for example, you're actually protecting the good roads, the roads that, that, that are classified in amber or green condition, the roads that haven't got potholes on already. And what you're doing by using surface treatments is you're stopping those potholes forming in the first place. So you're, you're doing things like sealing the cracks. The cracks obviously get water and then they turn into potholes. So we need to change the funding mechanism to incentivize local authorities to do more of this work. So, you know, whilst when the budget, all the time the budget announces pothole funds, local authorities 
think all they've got to do is react and use that to spend money on filling in potholes. Now, that's a good thing, obviously, because that means there's less potholes than there was before. But you talk about long term, Paul, the, the long the only way we're going to solve this long term is by starting to think about how we protect the good roads and keep them in that condition. Uh, and therefore, ultimately, if we do that, there'll be more money to spend on on both on, on reactive and proactive maintenance. In terms of what the government thinks, I'm afraid it's just not top of its agenda at the moment, and I don't think it ever will be. So we're always going to be fighting that losing battle, really. However, you know, it's it's very clear that good infrastructure, you know, helps get people and goods around. So it is important. I think we need to be looking at the fact now that maybe we won't have the same government in power in a year and a bit's time than, than we do at the moment. So what are people doing in the industry to talk to current opposition parties what are they doing to help them understand actually what, what we really need? And it goes back to, I think, National Highways have, have, have got a massive ring-fenced funding pot. We need to come together as the industry. At the moment, we've got lots of different organisations trying to say the same things in different ways, but in lots of different pockets of the industry. What we should be doing is trying to come together and actually working out that if we actually put a proper case to government for why we need more and more money on local roads and do that collectively as an industry and not just one or two organisations, then everyone's better off in the long run. Given all the challenges that local authorities have got with funding and people pulling in different directions on the requirement for spending, the local authorities aren't doing a bad job given that they've in effect got both hands tied behind their back. No, and and there's always examples of bad, bad work that people see. And that should rightly be called out. But I think largely, as you know, Paul, we, you know, we've got some very good contracting comp- companies in this in this industry that, that are innovating, that are bringing new materials that are used on the surface of the road into the market every single year. We're addressing low carbon and, and decarbonising the sector. So there's a lot of good work going on. But obviously, the driving public don't understand that. But maybe they should. You know, what, one of my bugbears has always been that local authorities don't tell the public what they're doing they will always get criticized by local local newspapers but equally they don't put out the positive stories about the work they're actually doing and to, to make the public understand that actually we are spending a lot of money this year to try and do what we can but ultimately there just isn't enough money to do everything there isn't enough money to fill every pothole there isn't enough money to resurface every road that needs it so that's the situation that, that we're in adrian good stuff thanks for giving your views on that and uh, thanks for putting together today's podcast on the alarm survey 2023 don't go away because we'll do your accolade in a second highways voices the podcast from highwaysnews.com so it's time for us to find out who adrian's been tipping his hat to this week in adrian's accolade and my accolade this week goes to the highways team at shropshire council More than 50 Shropshire schools have taken up Shropshire Council's offer of a free pedestrian salt spreader and salt to treat icy pavements near their school during spells of wintry weather. The first to take up the offer was Castlefield's Primary School in Bridge North, who have been using this spreader since last year. Since the start of 2023, a further 50 schools have requested spreader and salt. Spreaders have now been delivered to each school, with one tonne of salt also being delivered. 
a classic example of helping the community in the area that they work. And that's why they're worthy winners of my accolade this week. Well done, kids. And that'll do it for Highways Voices this week. Thanks to Rick Green for his comments on his annual alarm survey and for Adrian's insight too. We'll join you again next week on Highways Voices. Highways Voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry. 